0: You know, it's so fun to reflect back on all those aha moments because they've all been magical. And I always tell people what I can do. You can do, too, if you really want to. You Mm. just have to train a little bit. And I did. I was born with some gifts. So but I think everybody has them. They're just asleep.
1: This is not your mother's middle age no longer is waking up each day living the wash rinse and repeat cycle acceptable we have the life lessons the relationships the wins and the losses with which to navigate to our highest self without hesitation and without fear leading the way we have been there and done that and so we have so much to offer the world and each other so join me on this journey speaking to ordinary women doing extraordinary things For new insights, new ideas, new medical breakthroughs, and new life lessons, you will be inspired to find your best life here and now. My name is Wendy Charles-McGuire, and this is your Second Wind Podcast. I am so excited to bring to you today on the Second Wind Podcast, a woman that I met so randomly. At this open house from a neighbor I met randomly. And I had gone back in November to this open house and not a lot of people were there. And then I said, Well, I got to go feed all my animals. And he said, Oh, you should come back. I have a a lovely friend coming. You would like her. You should come back. And I didn't really want to come back, but I said, Eh, okay. And I went back to his house and within moments, uh, Linda walked through the door and he had told me a little bit about her that she was sort of a psychic type person and she had helped him learn how to script and he was trying to describe to me what scripting was and i was of course totally enthralled and then this woman walks in through the door and she sits down next to me and i said oh i think we're supposed to meet i think you should be on my podcast i don't really know what you do but i would love to talk to you and you know people have told me that I could I could maybe channel an empath and stuff. And she, she looked at me into my eyes and said, oh, you are. And I said, oh, okay. And then the party commenced and then I had to leave and uh, we exchanged information. And then it's taken that long to get to where we are here because she's super busy. And what I can say about Linda is she helps people live better lives by tapping their gifts that they cannot see creating a better circle of positivity in living. And she's a spiritual coach, advisor, and guru. Her aha moments throughout her life that have brought her to where she is now, where she can sit with someone and, and show them what they may not be able to see that is simply right there. Uh, and we met last week and I had had some interesting and traumatic things happen in my life. And I felt sort of broken when I sat down with her and I hesitated to tell her about it till the end of our, our meeting. And I didn't know what to expect for our meeting. And she, she, I felt so much better by the time I left speaking with her, I was able to put the death of my kitty. That was horrific, kind of in its box and, and be able to stop feeling horrible. And so I will forever be grateful for that. But there were so many other things that happened and I cannot wait for you to tell us your story, Linda. So welcome so much to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I know you are in high demand and your time is very valuable. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you for having me, Wendy. It's a pleasure to be here. Ah,
1: Yes. So tell us a little bit, Linda, I know you've had a million aha moments, but tell us about the the biggest, bestest one that resonates with you and kind of brought you to where you are now?
0: You know, it's so fun to reflect back on all those aha moments because they've all been magical. And I always tell people what I can do, you can do too, if you really want to. You Mm. just have to train a little bit. And I did, I was born with some gifts. So, but I think everybody has them. They're just asleep. So one of the first things that happened was back in 1998, I was going through um, some training and I had a friend that I met down in Miami, down at Biscayne Bay. And she was going through a divorce and we were sitting out by the pool and I'd never channeled before. I'd never been a psychic or a healer or a guru. And I turned around and I looked at her and I said, Mary Lou, Billy's cheating. And for the next hour and a half, it was like a recording came out of my mouth and well, I told you
2: really
1: what you were saying. It just kind of,
0: I knew what I was saying, but it was not preplanned. It was not, uh, it came from nowhere, but it just kept flowing and I knew it was right. It was so hard to explain. And I was telling her that he had a girlfriend, he had a mistress and, and that he had been sending money offshore for. Uh, six years, and it was millions of dollars, and they were worth $226 million at the time, and I said, Mary Lou, you have to hire a forensic accountant, and I told her where she lived, what she looked like. I mean, it just went on and on and on, and we were sitting there just, she said, he can't be, he can't be. I know everything he does, so that happened, and she went home on Monday after Did the Did she believe you?
1: Did she believe well, you she,
0: or she it? questioned it. And when yeah. she got home, she had an anonymous letter in the mail from when a she got home, when she got home on Monday and she lived in Florida. I lived in North Carolina and the letter highlighted and outlined everything I had told her Saturday at the resort. No way. So, so she hired a forensic accountant. She found out everything that I had channeled was true and Therefore, she saved her fortune and it was just, it started from there. There were a lot of miracles with Mary Lou after that, where one time we met down in Clearwater and we were going across that waterway on a trip and we got stopped and we would look at each other and finish each other's mind thought. It was like we were reading each other's mind without speaking. It was just bizarre ESP. Hmm. and. So that was one thing. And then once I uh, was in a bookstore and this lady was looking at books and I was sitting there reading a book in the metaphysical section and I said, I don't know where I said, excuse me, can I help you? And she's worked there. (laughs) Yeah. And she said, it was just a calling. And she said, well, she said, my girlfriend, she said, and I have angel teas. And I'm looking for an angel book because her daughter's on drugs and, and having a lot of problems. She's 16 years old. And I said, here, try this book. And I didn't even know what I was picking out, but I knew it was right. And then I looked at her and she said, what do you do? I said, I'm a healer. And I'm going, thinking to myself, I'm a healer. Where did that come from? I was a real estate agent.
1: <laughs> you were a real and estate I, agent? Yeah. Yeah. You're the second person on this podcast. It was a real estate agent that had these gifts. That's so interesting.
0: So I said, I'm supposed to see her and her daughter. So she said, okay, I'll give her your number. And a week later, she comes to my home. This was my first healing client. And I knew how to ask the girl to lay down and I put my hands on her head and get this. I had had no healing training. I had not been to school yet for all the different things I've trained in since. And I told her mother things that her mother had been told like 15 years earlier by another psychic. Mm. We did healing. The girl went home and got off drugs and alcohol. And it started, that mother started referring people, people to me for readings and healings. So the next spontaneous aha was one of those clients owned a real estate company up in North Carolina and they were buying a piece of property and they wanted me to look at it and ask me intuitively to see if it was a good property and they were going to build a high rise on it. And I said, Jill, I said, it's really important in your clause of your sales contract. I said to put in there for a cleanup fee, environmental cleanup fee. And I said, make sure it's $40,000. She said, $40,000. I said, just please include include it because you're going to have some cleanup when you start to do the building. So they did it. And when they started to do the building, there was an old silo, double silo on the location to build the foundation. It took $40,000 worth of fill and dirt.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: So after that, every piece of land that they were going to build on or buy for investment houses, they would call me to clear the properties. So I'm a master dowser, which is like kinesiology, using a pendulum to clear. And I'm a shaman. So I know how to look at property and see if there's anything there. I was doing work with a client in New York. And she had a client or a friend who had diamond mines in Africa. Oh, yeah. And they were having problems. And so I said, can, can you get him to send me the plat of the parcel that they had? And I looked at it and I sat and I drew out everywhere there was a dig. He had ore. He had gemstones. It was like a mecca piece of property. Hmm. So they would know where to dig first to get their fastest return on money. So these all sound like, you know, just phenomenon. And to me, they are. But it's like second nature for me to do this. (laughs) And it's just mind boggling. It is mind
1: mind boggling. It is mind boggling. So tell
2: us how we. How did you get here?
0: I think I was beamed down. <laughs> Jokingly, I think I was beamed down. Okay. No, I had gifts as a child. When I went through hypnotherapy school, and later on, I would do a lot of past life regression to try to understand who I was, because it just came in so many different ways. And so when I had hypnotherapy sessions, one of the things that I did was I went back to my happiest time as a child. And in that, Hypnotherapy session, I was playing with fairies as five years old down in my pasture where I live. So I was one of those little uh, crystal children, they call them, or indigo children that had a way with understanding uh, Mother Nature. And I'm part Cherokee Indian, and I find that anybody that's got some Native American DNA usually has an extra oomph of ESP because hmm. you're more in tune with Mother Nature. as as an innate quality. So those were fun things. And and playing with mother nature, it's like communing to the consciousness of the trees. I have that. True story, I was sent up to North Carolina to uh, Cherokee. And at the museum, they had some people dressed up out there and I stopped to talk to them. And I said, do you have a, a holy man or a medicine man that I could go and sit with because I have innate knowing of when people are sick. I can see it in their body like an X-ray machine. I can move things with my hands, channeling energy. And he said, "Well, that's kept a secret." And I said, well, "Why is that?" And he said, "Well, every person," he said, "needs a different response in healing." He said, "For example, my mom. She was really sick with diabetes," and he, he said. She was going to lose her foot and the doctors couldn't save her. So we called on the medicine man of the tribe and he said, we got a message to him. They keep that protected because they don't want anybody coming in and saying they're practicing medicine. He said, the medicine man gave my mother a medicine bag that he selected the herbs for. And he said, and he told her to wear it for 10 days. And he said her problem would go away. So she did and her problem did go away. Well, when he told me that story, I instantaneously knew how to make a medicine bag to do the same thing. And I did for one of my cancer clients and her cancer went away. And so what it is, is you do prayers, you talk to mother nature and you do prayers with the bag and you ask in prayer or meditation, what's needed in that bag for that person's healing. And it's like you're an open conduit from their soul's consciousness to your own. And then you put the blessings in it and whatever herbs and tobacco you put, it acts as a magnet to pull the consciousness of the illness off the body. Now I'm not practicing medicine, I'm practicing spiritual laws. So I wanna make that real clear. Yeah. But those are the little pockets of things that people don't understand. And yes, when we do prayer in, collect- in collective like they did research up at Duke University. And when you send prayer to somebody, there's something in their psyche that picks that up, whatever it is. And they kind of start molding to it. And they don't even know they do it because we're all divine perfection. We're all able to return back to perfection. Our fear stops us from doing that. Mm. So showing people ways Clearing, clearing what I see intuitively on someone out of their consciousness, I can do it by sitting across the table. It's, it, I, it's gotten that advanced. I've trained in Kahuna knowledge from Hawaii and re- read and studied all of that. Chronic healing from the Philippines, esoteric healing from London. I'm a Reiki master in two genres. Hypnotherapy studies. And it all comes from within, even though I've done all that training and worked with gurus around the world, it all comes from within. So it's like what riding a wave of mesmerism or mysticism in such a way that you're just real quiet about it because people can't grasp how big that world is. Right. And, and it's an anomaly. It's like unexplained.
2: Well, tell me this, Linda. So
1: as a kid, like what kinds of things were different about you growing up? Here comes Linda, Lauren, Lauren, here she comes. What is she doing differently?
0: I was very imaginative and super smart and always asking a thousand questions. Okay. And I could feel things and know things, but it was a very tumultuous uh, childhood very dysfunctional and in a lot of alcoholism and I had ants from this Cherokee lineage and they were healers they would uh, they could douse with a pendulum and tell you what babies you were going to have male or female how many they would do salves with herbs and I found uh, documented records from the eastern tribe of North Carolina of the Cherokee where my grandmothers were born there and people would come to them for herbs oh, so wow. that's that's part of that connection again and I remember as a child one time there was a uh, incident, and this came up in hypnotherapy where you can't lie I mean you're under trance you're <laughs> you're in you're being attended to by a practitioner. And when I was five years old, I was calling in angels to protect my mother from an alcoholic father. And oh I could see oh angels at five years old.
1: And what did that look like? Can you remember?
0: Well, it was like an ether, like, like an invisible apparition. And they were really, really big. And they literally came in and interceded and in attack on my mother. And I, when I came out of hypnotherapy session, this was only like three years ago, and I'm like 59 years old, I said, oh, my God, I was doing this as a child. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, you're born with that. You know, at five years old, nobody trains you to say, okay, angels come in right now and take care of this. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I would say most kids maybe know that there's something going on, but they don't know what maybe it is or why it's wrong because that's what they live, that's what they see.
0: Right.
1: You know, you could be in an abusive situation and that's your reality.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: that's that's amazing. So here you are, you're now you're going through your teenage years. So we've had people on here who said, Yeah, through the teenage years I kind of left it alone because I wanted to be. You know a normal teenager, how did you handle all that your teenage years and your and your young
0: adult? I agree with that. I agree with that. Children shut it off around seven or eight years old. that's scientifically proven, and I worked with a lot of gifted children and I was sensitive to ghost back then and negative energy. like if I walked into a home and it had been Dangerous things had happened there, evil things, and I don't believe in in total evil. I believe in just negativity, mm-hmm. uh, but I would feel it, and I would be guarded. One time, I got electrocuted. I was—we uh, had a racetrack, and we were building a concession stand, and we had a temporary. And I had gone in to get some food, and as I was leaving, the little makeshift trailer kitchen whatever did not have a grounding wire and I grabbed the handle to go out and it started electrocuting me and one of the girls in there working she came up and grabbed me and it knocked her across the trailer we were in a puddle of water and then the other fella there he had on rubber sole tennis shoes and he grabbed me and because he had on rubber sole tennis shoes my hand released and And my hand blistered up and was burned, and they put the salve on it. And weeks and months later after that, my hand healed. You would have never known I got burned. But I would go to the house, and walking up the back steps, there was a utility box, electrical box. And it would just start sparking. I would walk under one of these night lights, like on a telephone pole, and it would start going on and off. (laughs) I would walk into the kitchen and the radio would get louder. It was like something really shocked me. And, you know, I think about it sometimes, like they talk about near-death experiences. I didn't have a near-death experience. But when you have a near-death experience, they show in science that you get rewired in your brain. And it's kind of like it opens pathways in your brain that make you more psychic and things like that. And I always wondered if that happened. And years later, you know, 30 years later, I was in a meditation group and we'd meditate and have all these great experiences and talk about it afterwards. And everybody was on the spiritual path, trying to understand mysticism and what was going on. And we were having a cookie and a cup of coffee. And I said, you know, I was electrocuted when I was a little girl. And everybody, there were like seven people sitting at the table. They either were hit by lightning or electrocuted. And afterwards, Uh, they got really, really sharp in their ESP. And we just laughed. You know, everything was exciting, trying to wake up or understand, you know, what happens on the other side.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's a quest of mine. and, And, you know, some of the people I'm bringing on the show. The uh, podcast coming up are people I've sat with now and done the energy healing, the Reiki, the tarot cards. Like all these people are coming up in the lineup, and I've already like worked with them. And it's so interesting what you're saying. There's so many connections, and I feel like the the reason for the podcast, even though I said I wanted to share, and you helped me kind of bring this out the other day too. That the reason why I want to share ordinary stories of ordinary women is not of extraordinary women. Um, was not only to just bring people up. That seems to be my my calling, but also to find to find all these different modalities and all these different things to kind of peel back the layers of fear I have around death. So as much as I'm serving others, I'm 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 healing whatever wounds I had. And you actually said to me the other day when we were sitting across from each other, you said, "Yeah, at four years old." That's when you became scared of death. And I thought that was so interesting and I, I I need to find out why. but that's this whole podcast seems to be part of my own healing in finding out what happens next. and you're part of the puzzle. So <laughs> that was a side note I digress. However, I do want to share so moving right along, now you're going into your adulthood what are you doing you've decided you've decided to become a real estate agent what what happened
0: oh I did several things I was a okay. lumber broker then I was a real okay. estate agent then I became a mom and it was when I became a mom I was in a car accident again mm-hmm. a shock to the system because I had trauma to the neck and orthopedic surgeons told me I couldn't um have surgery, that I'd have to live with the pain for the rest of my life.
2: Ah. And I didn't
0: believe that. After two years, I didn't believe that. So I started going, I was guided to go to acupuncturists and massage therapists. And One of the masseuses said, massage therapist said, have you ever met so-and-so? They do energy work. And I said, what's energy work? So I meet these girls and learn about, they were going back and forth to South America to psychic surgeon. And a lot of people in the world of uh, energy work have heard of John of God. Even Oprah went down and visited where they do this phenomenon of literally surgery with their hands, where they open up the body and take out whatever the helmet is. It can be fake. It can be real authentic. So it just felt like one of those things I got to do. You know, I'm not going to live with the pain. So I go down to Mexico. And I'm taken by a shaman for a two-hour drive to meet this little girl in a poor hut. And her grandmother was a famous psychic healer. And I sit down and I had been explained, you know, they're going to take some alcohol. They're going to swish you with leaves. And they're going to literally cut you open and take out whatever it is and put you back together. And you're not going to feel anything. And I'm going, I'm game if I don't feel yeah. anything and I can get well.
1: <laughs> Stop it. We you just cut you open. I mean, the the graphics, like people are probably sitting there going, Oh, I've seen that on movies, and they slice you and then they pull out the heart. Like, tell me, what is how are you okay. not nervous?
0: So it's again like that being at the pool with Mary Lou, and I'm just calm and I know it's right. Okay. And so I go. And she starts and they had me take off my blouse and it was just two attending women and the shaman who was female, okay? Mm -hmm. And she had me break an egg, a raw egg in a glass and with water. And she intuitively read it. And her grandmother who had passed away was supposedly the spirit helping her on the other side. And so then she has me lean over and there's newspaper on the ground, and all of a sudden, she starts with her fingers doing a little dance across my neck, and a little digging, and I've got my eyes closed, and Malou, the shaman, is doing prayers in Spanish, and I see what becomes a vision down my back. It looked like black roots of a tree, and as M- Malu is praying, and the girl is doing her thing with her hands, the black roots start going up my back, disappearing. I'm intuitively seeing this. And all of a sudden, the girl drops something on the floor, and there's a little bit of a trickle of blood. Then she washes me off with alcohol, and I get real nauseous. And I'm like, it's done. The pain instantly stopped. Okay. And so I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and so I'm. I'm disoriented and feeling weak for like 24 hours, but I'm healed and I'm going, Oh, this is fantastic. So two three months, I have to interrupt you. So like, so you see blood
1: on the paper in front of you, you kind of want to hurl and you're disoriented and all this happened, but the pain's gone. Are you just a tiny bit curious? Do you want to see a mirror and see what the heck happened behind you?
0: I was so disoriented. I couldn't focus. All I wanted to do was have something to eat and try to get settled and back in my body. It was like something came over me. And so later on, I studied, okay. Um, I studied psychic healers in the Philippines, which my mother was from the Philippines. And there's healers on that side of the family. I studied with a guy that uh, did documentaries in the Philippines with these people. I found out who is authentic and who is not. and I found out what happens. They're all Christians, believe it or not, and they belong to this group called Esperistas. and they pray and allow the Holy Spirit to come through them to do this. So it's a phenomenon. I wouldn't recommend it unless you came highly regarded with somebody that knew who was doing it right. But there's been miracles. The most famous was a Filipino guy named Alex Orbito. Alex lives in Spain now. And he saved some uh, Shah or not Shah, uh, Arabian king's family member, his uncle. And so he moved to Spain. And Alex used to be hosted in North Carolina. He would come from the Philippines. And the, the circle of friends of the host They would hear about him and they would have 200 to 300 people that would come to see Alex over a weekend and he would perform psychic surgery. And they have videos of him clearing tumors that were medically examined and proven and then afterwards were gone. So this is a real phenomenon. And like I said, John of God got in trouble. He was doing naughty things. But therefore, while people would go down to see him and I even have a client that went several times. And the conditions weren't fancy. It wasn't fancy when I went to Mexico, Mexico, because these people are not rich. They're healers. They've given their life to healing and they've been given a God-given talent. Funny thing is I went back to see the psychic healer two months later with a group on a spiritual trip to the Yucatan. And this time I saw her cut me open. I watched it. I watched it. I was, again, just as calm as I could be. And she went from under my right breast to my left breast, opened it up like with a pair of school scissors. I felt nothing. I watched her weave into my skin and pull out a piece of what looked like tendon. And and they say, the shaman told me, she said, Linda, I've been to see her. She said, when she pulled video film out of me she said they pull different things she said it's crazy what they manifest to pull out but what happens is the core root thing is they're clearing dis-ease blocked energy uh, memory of an in, uh, injury dis-ease tumors past life memories they have manifested into something that's blocking the physical operation of the body I mean I could do a dissertation on all the different things that they clear. So it is it is considered woo-woo. It is considered a phenomenon. But I've I've witnessed it. And it made my life more psychic. It made me understand and be curious about healing. And it was after I went to see the healers that I started taking healing classes. And I would go to a class and start studying and after first first testing or training, they'd say practice. And so I'd be practicing and the instructor would say, Linda, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm practicing. She said, you're doing the advanced course. You can't do that yet. We're in the beginning course. And I'd never had the advanced course. I already knew how to do it. (laughs) So that's when I say I'm a healing savant. When people tell me something like the medicine bags, Already
2: understand it. So let me ask you this. So, so, so I'm sitting here going, All right, if I had something wrong with, well,
1: I know you now. So now I feel like I could call you and you could tell me where to go. But two weeks ago, three weeks ago, a few months ago, I wouldn't have known you. I wouldn't have known who to call or even go down that path. How did you find these people, these shamans, these healers? Like, where? where are they, how do you, how do people find them? Like you're doing your life, you're a lumber person, you're selling lumber. And now you're going to go to Mexico to this healer. Like, how does that happen?
0: Uh, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I love that quote. Yeah. And one of the great books that I recommend to everybody is the autobiography of a yogi. And and that was the only book that Stephen Jobs of Apple Computer had on his desk and in his phone. Mm -hmm. And it's the story about a guy named uh, Karma Yogananda who brought Hathi yoga to the United States or Kriya Yoga. And before anybody knew what yoga was, and in the book, he tells the story about growing up and having his initiations or wake up calls, like I'm saying I had. And it's like a spiritual path, and different teachers teach you different things. And so when I was reading Yogananda's book, his gurus, his teachers would come to me in my meditations. And it was almost like I was being taught through my mind on the other side. Like, and You'll find out when you study these uh, yogis, they're capable of coming to you as apparitions. They'll show up and be a teacher. Just like when I prayed for help, when my mom was in a harmful situation at five years old, angels showed up. True story. I was invited to come to uh, Georgia. I think it's Conyers or Covington. And Mother Mary was appearing every month on the 13th. She'd been doing it for years. And I was living in North Carolina and my uh, friend said, Linda, we got to go. We got to go. And I just never could go. And then later on, after going to South America, I had some friends and they were coming up to see this apparition or this miracle. And it was the last time she was going to appear. And so I said, I'll meet you there. So I go out there, very skeptical, and there were like a hundred thousand people on this forum. I said, and I'm like cracking jokes, walking out with my lounge chair. I'm going, this is like Woodstock.
1: <laughs> I mean, so when you yes. say she's going to appear, all these people, what are they looking for?
0: They're looking to be touched by her essence, to to hear a message. There was a, a Methodist minister, a Jewish rabbi, a Catholic. Priest, I mean, the whole religious orders were present for this event. chartered buses, probably sixty chartered buses, and honest to goodness, people all over surrounding this little farmhouse. And I couldn't find my group, and I said, oh, this is just nonsense. You know, they're probably showing her vision in the clouds with helicopters. I mean, I was really obnoxious. Who's
1: making money off of this, right, Linda?
0: Well, Nobody. 90%. They didn't charge. Yeah, I thought I did think that. I was thinking all that nonsense. So anyway, they were all selling, saying their Hail Marys, and and I just sat down on the hill and I went into meditation and prayers. And the apparition appears in front of the woman that owned the farm, and they're telling what she's telling, and they're doing it over an intercom. And then all of a sudden, they said she's leaving, and I hear this voice. Look up at the sun and i look up at the sign and she appeared just for me she appeared and i could see her and i said in a very humbled prayer i said thank you what is it that you want me to know and she said you can always call on me you don't have to come to a place like this i am always there to assist you that was very humbling very very humbling because you know People in different religions have different go-tos, okay? If it's, um, you know, Buddhism, they go to Buddha or they, they do the mantras, okay? If it's Christianity, it's, it's Christ, Jesus. And all of these are ascended beings that are pure on the other side and they all have blessings and everybody can call on them. With pure heart, your intentions are answered. So you know that's been part of my journey is to learn that spiritual side of communion and assistance we are not alone and that brings me to another thing i've had a lot of ufo experiences good not ugly not at all
2: okay so as
1: a host <laughs> i i now have to ask you do tell what give us a uh, For example, please, for those of us who are like, I'm riveted, I am all about this, but maybe for someone who's not as excited about this information, what
2: does this look like?
0: It's not for everybody, but I want you to be open minded.
2: Oh, I am. Oh, I am. A lot of
0: people have had experiences and it's been on the news, and I didn't ask for it. Okay. And but when it showed up, I was at home with it just like I was at home channeling at the pool with Mary Lou.
2: So what were you
1: doing? Were you like making bacon? Were you <laughs> what were you doing?
0: <laughs> what were you doing? Uh you know, I was sent to South America to do some shamanic work, okay? To do some prayer work. And when I came off the mountain, there were ships lined up 180 degrees, 360 degrees, actually in the sky, and the shaman saw it. And and what we were doing, were we were praying for uh, a place to open back up on the on the mountain, and that had been closed. So there's certain power points on the planet that hold intelligence or knowledge that shamans know. Okay. And apparently from some existence in a past life, I knew where this was. Because when I walked on that land, it was in Palenque, Mexico. When I walked on that archaeological site, as we started to walk, I saw me in, in gala clothes, like a parade, with feathers coming out of my hat, like a deja vu from a past life. And I knew what all the buildings were, like the the tower and the palace and 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 they weren't there,
1: right? This is they were there. Oh, they were there.
0: I knew what their purpose was, and I knew where the observatory tower was, but that was not there anymore. And I said, up there on that mountain was this, this, and this, and this. So in Mexico, when you're in the Yucatan, timelines go weird. It's like you could step into another world, and you know it sounds like a fiction novel. And somebody told me before I went on these couple of trips they said if you see an open like a white door in like the like a vision like an apparition of a white door don't go through it you won't come back it. Do not walk through it do not go through it like energetically because you won't come back It's a, it's a it's a it sounds like national treasure or or yeah uh, you know Indiana Jones it's like there's different dimensions and when you're down in the Yucatan and you're going to all these archaeological sites, all this phenomenon starts happening, like visions and different worlds. So I attune it to, to be able to see these worlds, you have to be on that radio station. Mm-hmm. It's a flip of frequency in your mind, in your, your consciousness. I had a client one time call me from Las Vegas. Linda. I'm on the bridge at the Bellagio watching the water fountains. And he said, me and my buddy can see two UFOs. He said, nobody else. There's 300 people here. Nobody else sees it. (laughs) What? I said, he said, why is that? And I said, because you are tuned into it on a frequency level that they are not. And they want you to see it.
1: And most people would say, how much have you had to drink?
0: What have you been smoking?"
1: Right? right. Huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it sounds, and I don't really know, and maybe you can help it. You've just been kind of led through your life. Like you'll get a, an idea that you need to go somewhere or do something or reach out to a specific somebody and you just go do it.
0: Absolutely. It's a feeling. How
1: The normal everyday life of being a mom and having a job and running a household. Like How did how did that work?
0: Well, it it caused a divorce for me. It was very traumatic because I went from being uh, a type personality, success, best mom in society to being a shaman healer almost instantaneously overnight. And all this phenomenon happening. I mean, in 1998 it was like somebody opened Pandora's box, the Mm. psychic surgeons, the psychic knowledge, the right people at the right time. And I was meeting experts. I didn't, I, I didn't just have, you know, fly by night, crappy people. I met the best of the best or people that knew the best of the best. And, and I would, I was quickly downloaded. Like, If I started reading a book that was really, really advanced, and there was one, it was by uh, Dr. Jim Hertak, and it's called The Keys of Enoch, and and it's just full of such deep, deep knowledge, and he apparently was taken up into a, a UFO, went to another world, and came back and wrote about it, and a lot of his things that he wrote about back in the 70s came to be true in science 30 years later. And so when I was reading his book, I understood it. It was like I, I had no exposure, but I understood it. OK, that's the savant part. So then lo and behold, I go to Florida and meet friends and they said, Dr. Hertak's flying in. And I said, oh, my gosh. And I said, I, I want to meet him. I got to meet him. And I told him about the UFOs down in Mexico. And it was like, he already knew about it. It Hmm. was like, you know, there was something going on. So what I'm saying is I was always at the right place at the right time.
1: But it cost you your marriage.
0: It cost me my marriage. And, and, you know.
1: Why? Because you were like, oops, sorry, I got to go here. Hold down
2: the fort for me. And he was like, yeah. No. What was Um, that? I think
0: that time was, it was both that I didn't go that much. They would say that I did, but I, I became, how do you say impassioned with it? I couldn't leave it alone. It was like an addiction because I knew it was my gift. Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to do something with it. Mm-hmm. And now I help hundreds and hundreds of people. Wow. With with clients, I have clients all over the world. Um you know, it's 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 a joy. It's an absolute joy to teach other people what they don't know that they have the gift to do. Wow. Yeah. And it, and I've learned a lot of soul lessons. I've had some healing cases that the people were sick. One had cancer. And she wouldn't let go of her anger and no matter how i would do healing because when they have radiation they get burned really bad and i would go yeah. in and i would do psychic surgery to heal the the wounds of the radiation and bring them back into their body cuz they they're like they leave their body spiritually when they're going through trauma like that and it's hard to recover and she wouldn't let go of the anger so when people have anger it's it impedes it 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 just takes a toll that they can't get over the cancer. Then I had another one with cancer, and I was holding him and he had gotten healed, but the doctor said, Oh, let's go do some more chemo and radiation, and he was already healed mm. medically and spiritually. And they went in and gave him more and he crashed and burned because it took the what life force he had left and it came back.
2: Is
1: that why um I've been around, like my father had radiation and different kinds of things. And, and towards the end, yeah, he, you could just wasn't himself.
0: And yeah, you they know, leave their body. Whatever,
1: but now that you're saying that I'm like, Ooh, okay.
0: When I've seen this in clients and it was a real big moment for me also, like, for example, when somebody hits the windshield of a car and goes through the windshield and they don't remember flying through the air, but they remember hitting the cement. What that is, is they literally, the spirit leaves the body. There's still a small connection, but the spirit leaves the body and then it pops back in when they hit the ground so they can survive it. Mm -hmm. They can survive the shock. Mm -hmm. Near-death experiences on the operating table, same thing. Too much invasion to the physical uh, electricity through surgery or trauma can cause the heart to stop but the body has its own innate survivor mode by leaving the body. Mm -hmm. And the reason I can tell you that is because I see it intuitively. I see it.
1: So when people are over their bodies saying for their near death, a lot of people say they, they rose up and they could look down. Right. Is that what you're saying?
0: Mm -hmm. And you know, that's called astral travel. And astral travel is something you can train in. I do it all the time. And there's a place in Virginia called the Monroe Institute. A lot of famous people have been there and studied. And they use sound therapy with headphones to take you into synchronization into the brain wave so that you can tap higher consciousness. And that's what I do naturally. To be intuitive, I
2: tap higher consciousness. Okay. And we all have it. All have it. Okay. All right. So give me,
1: I mean, I could talk to you for forever. I mean, we sat there and we thought maybe 45 minutes had gone by. It was like two and a half hours. Like, oh, you guys are closing. Sorry. Okay. Um, Give me, I know when I first met you, you gave me one quick, um, because I said, what do you do? And you said, well, let me give you an example. And you talked about this family in New York. Whose? I guess it was the mother died in a car accident or
2: something? Yes.
0: Can
1: you share that?
0: Yes. Uh, I used to work at the mart, merchandise mart, and we had a showroom and a couple that owned a dress company would come down and one of their best friends had been uh, in an auto accident and it had devastated the whole community in New York because she was like this beloved, happy, beautiful, early 60s. Mom. And she died. So, and she died after leaving a restaurant. It was raining, lost control of her car and hit a tree and instantly died. So the family just could not heal. That was like in August. So in October, I get a phone call from the family at the insistence of this best friend that maybe I could tell them what happened. So I didn't know, but the whole family was present. It was like eight or twelve of them on speakerphone. And they called me and their mother came in like I'm a medium and started and I could I was in the car with her visually. And I was telling them what she had on, what happened. She went to turn her glasses fell on the floorboard. She was trying to see she reached for it and it was pouring down rain and she lost control and hit a tree. Hmm. So the rest of the phone call was spiritually channeling her soul to them telling them that she had left early to go be with her husband who had just passed away a few years earlier that she needed to be with him for them to grow spiritually and so she left suddenly and that family later on one of the siblings invited me to New York and I started a whole new clientele there because of her And that woman still today, nine years later, comes through me when I talk to her son. Mm -hmm. And he reached out to me last week and she was there. And one time I was talking to her grandson on one of my visits and I said, your grandmother appeared in the kitchen today. And he said, can I ask what she had on? I said, she had on a blue top and white pants. He said, that's what she was
2: wearing when she died. So,
0: you know, I've had other spirits come to me, like an aunt. I'd be, you know, at the grocery store and I would just feel her standing next to me and I would say hello to her. I had a doctor that we were very close and we would share healing. And I was standing one day and all of a sudden this energy rushed through my body and he said, It's time for me to leave. And I called his family. I hadn't seen him in years. And the daughter answered the phone and I said, can I speak to Doc? And she said, he's in a coma. She mm-hmm. said, we thought he was supposed to leave two or three days ago, but he's not leaving. And I said, well, one of the children is not letting him go. How I did said you he, know that? Intuitively, I knew.
2: You just knew and, to say that? Like, yes. He didn't say that
1: to you when you felt his energy.
0: No, but I, it's easy for me to tune in to the other side. It's just an innate. It's just a natural God-given talent. So I sat with the the son's consciousness and, and did prayer work. And I asked for the healing that took place. And Doc passed away the next morning. Mm. So not only do I talk to that world like I talk to you. Okay, I do it in silence. I do it in prayer. I do it in meditation. And trance, which means when you say trance, I shape shift from the earth brain to the spiritual brain. And I do that through a light hypnotherapy intention and practice
1: that you do on yourself.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: That is so amazing. I am just amazed. And if you saw Linda just on the street, you just say, Oh, look at that, that lovely woman. You wouldn't know (laughs) like you feel it when you look at her, you feel, I get like goosebumps and stuff, but oh my gosh. So, so the average person who's listening, Linda, what would you say? What, like, how, how can somebody find you? What would they look to you to help them with? What's, what would be the step that someone could actually have a conversation with you? What would that look
2: like?
0: Well. For example, when my clients want to contact me, I only do by referrals. I I started that way years ago, and then that way I get people that are sincere, okay? I don't want somebody coming that they're not ready, so I put that out there. And so they'll text me on my private phone and ask for an appointment. They'll usually review my website, which is www.loveom.net, meaning love only more and but appointments are made through texting and so for example i had someone come to me and they had a missing uh boyfriend uh, uh he was an nba player and i told her that he was unfortunately she said i think he's been harmed and i said he's been shot
2: hmm.
0: and he's in a pasture and i described the area because i could get a vision and Three days later, that's where they found him. So I've helped find missing people. Okay, so that's one thing. Some people want to help their children get over dis-ease. All right. If if somebody comes to me and they're erratic in their personality and they've had a lot of ADD, ADHD, especially Adderall, I think it's called Adderall. Mm-hmm. They're 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 tough cases because their chemistry has changed. Yeah. Sometimes I, people can come and they have uh terrors and anxiety and I can clear that in a heartbeat because I balance them back into their body where they've had trauma and they left their body. Because okay?
1: I just heard this the other day. It's so interesting that you're saying that, that we all start with the same chemistry. And mm-hmm. when you become bipolar or schizophrenic or something like that, something has caused your chemistry to be altered. Right. And you can take the medicine, but you really need to find out what altered it and bring it back.
2: Is that
0: your mind can do that? Your mind can do that. Okay. But you got to have all your soul back in your body. Okay. Hmm. I have one client that was in an auto accident and they left their body and they didn't come all the way back in. So children that are, fine one day and all of a sudden out of nowhere they are just nightmares they are so angry and they're so mean and they want to hurt people they can have an uh an attachment they can have a spirit that has come and attached to them Mm. now we're talking about something like you know the catholic church would call it exorcism
1: like way out there yeah
0: yeah And I don't like to mess, I don't like to mess with dark souls, okay? That's not my, that's, I've done that work, but it's not my favorite work because you're dealing with some really negative energy. And I like to stay happy. I stay positive and teach people how to be that way and how to grow their lives.
1: But if somebody comes to you with this.
0: I help people heal. Go ahead.
1: No, no, no. But if somebody somebody comes to you and say this. Do you have an example of a child that had this negative stuff attached to them?
0: Yes. I, I was at a party with, with a house full of psychologists and psychiatrists. It was a Christmas party. okay. And they came up to me and they said, Linda, Dr. So-and-so said, we we might need to see you. Mm. Okay. Because this is not something a psychiatrist or psychologist can handle. Right. All right. And so. What happened was the little girl went on a trip up to Michigan from Georgia at Christmas and was in a haunted house. And she came home and she was like the devil herself. And so I just do my shamanic clearing and I send the entity that has attached to her to the light. It's like sending them home with an escort from those angels I've tell you about. And I bring the little girl back into her heart. Remember Peter Pan leaves the body in a shadow. That sounds very simple, but it's a very gifted thing to do. You've got to know parameters, you gotta know safety, psychic protection. That's some advanced work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh
1: my gosh, and how is did she get better?
0: Oh instantly. She was back to her normal little self. Ah.
2: Wow blows your
1: mind it's so interesting so what if somebody's super interested and
2: and they're like okay well i don't know what could the average person go to you for
0: i i call it a life session okay session okay and and it's like a psychic reading with spiritual knowledge blessed them energetically Because when somebody comes to me, I'm not just sitting there telling them what happened to their husband during a divorce like Mary Lou. I'm sitting there telling them what they need to hear from their own soul. And so what happens is it it gives them a foundation to walk out of my office and have a refreshing look at life and have purpose because I tap their soul. And the soul that they haven't been able to hear because they're too much in the life we live in gets opened. Hmm. And that's the beauty of it. That's why people come to me for every week to grow spiritually and work on themselves or work on their families or work on their businesses. And we do all of those. And it just blossoms. And what the biggest gift of that is is we're all helping each other and it grows in the world because if they leave here and they're better and more talented, then Mm -hmm. they're helping more people. It's all about us doing loving more and serving more. That's, that's what it's about.
1: Mm -hmm. What is Hmm? trying? (laughs) What is your, if you could sum it up, what is your most favorite or the thing that ignites you or is your, What is that thing that just makes you so excited to wake up every day?
0: I am determined before I leave this planet to give something to science that explains the spiritual side of what I do, because I can ride a wave of light just like Einstein did. I have figured that out, but I want to be able to deliver it in math. And I'm on the cusp of doing that. So I've been in this for 30 plus years actively and I'm still young and I always tell everybody I'm going to live to be 105. So if I can deliver something that substantial, that will be the greatest gift. I gift everybody every day by sending light and healing to the earth and to my clients. And I'm very fortunate that, you know, I've had this opportunity to grow so much. Mm-hmm. But to teach others more of what they truly are, and that's coming. Um, I'm working on a memoir book. They'll be out later this year that explains all these incredible stories like I've shared. And hopefully people can understand it is a real thing. It may be phenomenon, but we all can be an experience of phenomenon.
1: Right. How silly would we be to think we are it?
2: That
0: our
1: bodies are it? That what we see in front of us is it? very very naive um and egocentric to think that this is this is it because it's not it just can't be it's it's incredible and i think the pandemic has catapulted us into paying attention to the the next dimension coming the fifth dimension correct is that you do you feel that way
0: I do. And, and people talk about in the spiritual world, we're going into the fifth dimension. and A lot of channels are saying the same thing. I'm already seeing the 12th dimension on this planet. I've already been to 81st dimension, which can catapult you into other higher worlds. So we are capable of going to infinity. Science can't measure past the speed of light. There is another measure in dimensional gravity in dimensional gravity that is out there and once they can measure that then that that'll explain a lot why shamans or yogis or gurus can see all these other worlds.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh,
1: Linda. All right. How are all the ways people can find you? Will you share that with us?
0: They can review my website and uh, it's www.lovehome.net. They can send me uh email at Linda Warren, E is in Edwards, Z is in Zebra at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or they can text me at 770-715-9827 if they would like to make an appointment.
1: Perfect. And you can do things from very afar. It does not matter. So we have people listening in Norway and Brazil and South Africa. Any of these people can can reach you and you will be able to work with them.
2: Yes. Well, I'd be very honored.
1: Oh, that's amazing. And I I want you to promise me that when your book comes out, you'll come back on the podcast and we can talk about your book.
0: I would love that. Thank you. Excellent.
1: But in the meantime, you and I are going to keep working because this is cool to me. (laughs) I am over the top excited since we met. I think, what did we meet on Friday? Friday, today's Monday. My head has just been reeling Um, and I can't wait to sit down with you again. And I'm already seeing some pretty interesting things happen in my life. And I hope to share, I'm going to keep keeping track of it so that I can actually say, okay, people, this really happened. I am the ordinary of the ordinary, and this is what's happening. So uh, what do you have anything to leave us with?
0: Oh, I just wish everybody the most magic in your own heart and mind so that you remember your own truth.
1: Remember your own truth. I love it. Linda, I cannot thank you enough for sharing your time with me and actually being so patient while our our zoom call was not hooking up properly this morning while we were trying to get it working i'm so glad it worked i've goosebumps all over and i am so honored and i just love your soul i love what you're doing and i thank you so much for your time
0: thank you sweetheart have a great day
1: right and until next time breathe in your second wind Thank you for listening today. I hope that something you heard made you smile, made you think, and made you feel. If these incredible stories empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure to share with a friend and write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook group, My Second Wind, or hit the link in the show notes to join the conversation. Until next time, go ahead and breathe in your second wind.